Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, the good news is we've got two uh, women, authors and speakers, Christians, and uh, uh, well-known in the female Christian world because Donna Hetzler has a women's conference coming up. The date is, Donna? November 5th at the Sheridan Denver Tech Center Hotel. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yes. I'm not overwhelmed, are you? No. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. She's a new regular (laughs) because Michelle Ron's in Florida relaxing for a while. I'm excited, Donna, and her reputation precedes her. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I heard about Donna a lot before I actually met Donna. Oh, dear. Robbie you're... Yopes, author and speaker, and you're Hello. talking about knowing about her Jericho Girls group, correct? Yes. Well, I just found out because we were talking a little bit about the show. What a great group. What a great name for a group of girls. And explain yes. what it is. Yes. Well, we started getting together um, four years ago, and we became known as the Jericho Girls because we're bringing down those walls of Jericho that surround our heart. So we're conquering fears, and we're breaking down walls and we're Fabulous. connecting as women she loves to connect with women i think that's really cool that was my heartbeat yeah. yes yeah i, <laughs> I sense neat. that all right so we're going to talk about um from your book uh the walls of isolation we put um uh, you know around us and yes. tell everyone your new book walls of a warrior conquering the fears of our hearts oh you have a new book what was your first book well, this is the first book yeah. but okay. yeah yeah I well, did a okay. second edition last year, so okay. it's it's right. new. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. yeah. All right. So let's talk about um, good news first. Robbie Yopes, you love the good news. I adore the good news. We have too much bad news. And this one, you were a teacher. This one, actually, Dave picked because we've got about 30 good news stories here because every day I look for them, we cut the audio, we stack them up, and then we kind of choose them according to who we might think, you, uh, you know, like them. And Dave liked this. Mom cries tears of joy when teacher offers something very special to her daughter. There's two parts. Listen, let's listen to a part one, and then we'll just get into the whole, you know, giving to others, being kind to others, because this is taken over the top. It's a parent's biggest nightmare. There's nothing that you can imagine that's worse than the feeling when someone tells you that your child is critically ill um, and not knowing if your child's going to, to live. October, Dina Carrion's daughter Lila was sent home from school after a spiked fever. Dina took Lila to urgent care. Soon after that, we were in an ambulance on our way to Children's Hospital, and the ambulance driver radioed in that he had a three year old in renal failure. Um, that was the first time that I knew that it was really serious. And they told us at that point that she might not make it. Lila got sick right before Halloween and fell into a coma soon after that. She woke up just before Thanksgiving and spent two months in the hospital. During that time, she had plasma and blood transfusions. She went through chemotherapy uh, and hemodialysis. Doctors told Dina Lila needed a kidney transplant. And in the meantime, Lila has to be on dialysis for 12 to 14 hours every day. 
The Carrions started a search for a donor. We had family and friends from California to Virginia and everywhere in between getting tested, and none of them were a match. Oh, boy. And this is a little one that's on, you know, uh, uh, dialysis. Like I can't daily. imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, you could oh. barely keep a kid that age still, but let alone to sit in a dialysis chair. Oh exactly. my goodness! And have all the little tubes and. Oh, I have a three-year-old too, and I can't tell you. It just things, stories like that just get right to me. It's heartbreaking. And and to, to not have, as you guys know, like as a parent, to not have any control over the health or making the child better but what's in and, and here they're you know not being able to find a match and so you're like okay my child is going to die so the teacher really loves this kid and i understand that she was getting some testing done and, and looking into this whole situation here we go little did the carrions know someone at lila's school was getting tested to find out if they were a match there was something inside me that i i just knew i just knew that we were going to be a match lila's teacher beth batista's test showed she was the perfect match and she wanted to surprise their family with the news so we set up a fake meeting saying that there was a new teacher starting a meeting that was normal so dina could train the new teacher about lila's medication or so she thought she was like well where's the new teacher and I said, well, actually, and then I, then I handed her the gift. Inside was a note. <gasps> you are? The note says, I may just be her teacher now, but soon a little piece of me will be with Lila forever. I'm Lila's kidney donor. No little kid should have to deal with that. A teacher giving a little girl hope for the future. There's no way that um, you can express with words the amount of gratitude that you have towards someone who gives you a gift like that. How do you thank someone for saving your child's life? All right, and the emotion in the background that you heard, and thank you, Jesus, that you're both crying because Beatrice yes. always says, you white girls cry too much whenever I cry because <laughs> I cry almost every time, you know, we it's have a story beautiful. like this. It's beautiful. I mean, how can you not? Well, as a teacher, Robbie, you, you know, you know the bond you get with your students. So imagine a little kid like this that you're seeing in well, such dire need of something that maybe you could give that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I taught mostly high school, and um, I just adored those kids. And, um, you know, I hope that I would have that courage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. You don't know until you're in that moment. Sure. But this teacher is wonderful. And you do. There's a, such a bond between the teacher and the students, even the, the students that are uh, problems. Um, there's a bond there that you never forget. And, <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and um, and I have a granddaughter named Delilah, Aww. who's three. Oh, so I'm really I'm thinking to about the heart, her. Huh? Right. Yes. I mean, it's it's an amazing sacrifice, amazing gift. I think well, it's really interesting how she said that something just told her to do it. Very similar to what Delinda Ebling said when she donated her kidney. Yes. Something just told her, which yes. I think is crazy. Producer Steve, who works here. Uh, he'd said, yeah, I have a good news story. My wife didn't even know this guy, and she, she heard that he needed a, uh, a kidney. And I'm like, what? She didn't know him? It was in, like, the church choir, right? And then she got so tested, cool. and she and now, of course, they're, 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 it's like they have brother and sister. Right. But at the time, she just felt God was calling her to give her kidney to him. And it's been all these years, and the guy's still alive, and, uh, and she's doing well. So uh, I said to producer Steve, I'm like, how were, were you worried about it, like her giving her kidney? Like, I'd be a little freaked out yeah, if me my too. spouse said I'm giving my kidney. He goes, no, I knew, you know, it was the right thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Well, and you know, the flip side of that story is about receiving because we have such a hard time, you know, asking for help or reaching Always out. Always in that true. Yes. And when you receive something, such a great gift like that, uh, I mean, there's nothing you can do except thank and receive. Gratitude. gratitude. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a great point. It's so hard to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to give, definitely. It is. Even easier. if it's a kidney. Yeah. One of my girlfriends is sick right now and she um, has cancer and uh, she needed a fund set up for, and she said, I can't, I can't ask people. So as her friends, we set up for, you know, it up because she didn't feel comfortable asking people to help her sure. buy groceries and pay rent while she's not working. Isn't that interesting that we have a hard time, even we when we do. know people love us and we know that they would help us. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just thinking about, you know, with my show, you know, I, I struggle to keep it going because I need to ask people to support the good news and become sponsors. So I'm trying to think of creative ways to keep it going. And I'm terrible about asking. Well, I'm, we're learning that, you know, with our ministry yes. and we're raising you, our own support. Cotter Ca- Arms Ministry, Robbie and John Yopes, they help couples with their marriages. Exactly. And so um, we've been asking a lot. We have all these little meetings with families and, and Bible studies and churches. And um, every time, you know, John always says, at the end, when we start talking about money, don't say anything. <laughs> because <laughs> really? I, will, I will jump in there and go, but you don't have to. Really? Or you don't, you probably don't even have any money. Oh, that's fine. And John's don't like, worry about it. I understand. Yes, exactly. I completely understand because it's so hard for me. And John's like, just be quiet. Yes, don't we're, reject. Right, we're at obeying the God oh, by asking. Yes. And, and and the people who say no, we don't have anything against anybody because sometimes you just can't. I can't give to everything people ask me to. But it's so hard not to give them an out even before we tell them. I'm that's just true. like that. Mm-hmm. And my husband is. so so not like that. And John's right now either. we need a car and he's just like, I'll deal with it. <laughs> you know? And with sales, I always like, don't worry about it if you can't. And I'm, re- you know, I'd love it if you could support the good news, but if you can't do it, I, I, I completely understand. You know, when I'm during our early marriage, John got on me about this because I would come up to him and I'd say, okay, you don't have to, but I want to ask you about something oh, that, wow. and I would just him and haw and give him all the excuses. And he would say, can you just Ask me what it is you need. Yes. Donna, why do we do that? You work with women. That's What's our right. problem? Well, we're afraid of rejection, for one. We don't oh. want to be rejected. And so we give that person an out. Like, it's okay if you don't want to, rather than saying, hey, you know, the good news, it's a great ministry, and we are changing all these lives. Yes. And would you like to partner with us? Right. And, yes. you, you can know, help people save somebody. their marriage. Yeah. yeah. You said that. Yes. I, yeah. I want lessons. Can you write that down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That write that down. Good. Yeah. I'm going to have her sell the good news next week. <laughs> So, shh, don't tell her. I'll ask her after the show, and I'll say I understand if you want, can't do it. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to preface with that. I know it's so ridiculous. Uh, All right, so I've got two other good news stories I want to share with you. I'll save the one that'll really make you cry for the last. So uh, this Thanks. one is just. I I love it when people come up with unique ideas to bless others. There was one woman I interviewed years ago. Well, two that just come off the top of my head that really strike me. One was a kid who wanted to get, I think it was something to do with souls, S-O-L-E. He was helping kids get shoes. And he was 13. Now he's like 17 or 18, and he has a warehouse, and he gets donations, and thousands of kids he gets shoes now. And so I interviewed him, and he just touched my heart. He went to a homeless shelter. He was so sad that these kids would get, you know, used items uh, that donated to them. And he said, well, why can't 
they 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 deserve new. They deserve new shoes. And it, it made him cry to see these kids in the shelter not being treated like he was treated. Yeah. And he started this wonderful charity. And then a woman whose son um, had a disability and who would not leave the house unless he was a superhero. And so he would only oh, leave the house God. in a cape. So she didn't know how to sew, and she taught herself how to do one thing, and it was to make capes. Well, then <laughs> other kids wanted these capes. Oh. And then she started making these capes for kids That's who were, so were fighting cancer and fighting other things. I and want so a cape. She Wait. said, Angie, <laughs> I can't <laughs> even sew. It's the only thing I know how to do. And she, So when, they, when you have cancer and you're six, you feel like if you're Batman or Superman... Oh. You can fight the cancer mm-hmm. when you have your superhero cape. I uh, love yeah. that. Isn't that beautiful? That's fantastic. And so those are two that really struck me. Well, this is very interesting as well. This is one more that's here in Denver, Bedroom in a Bag. A woman who started bed, bed, Bedroom in a Bag, I think is what it's called. Um, and I interviewed her a couple of years ago. Think of five years of me doing good news stories. Yes. She felt that at homeless shelters, when kids left, they didn't have anything. And they would come to and leave the shelter with a garbage bag with their stuff and foster kids as well. And so... Um, she wanted them when they went into their new home to at least have a comforter and a pillow and a book and matching wow, what a things. Great you know, idea. Yeah, yeah. And um, and one boy was talking about how you know he was more worried about his mom and he'd never had a bed and he didn't want his mom to have to worry about all that. But he could put his comforter that's, that's and everything amazing. on the bed and have his little you Ugh. know bed bed in the bag. Bed in yes, a bag. Yeah, that is a great I think idea. it's right here in Denver. You know, it's been years, but that some of, you know, things that stick out in your mind is good news that really touch your heart. And that's what I thought of all of those cool stories when I found about this veteran Facebook quilting challenge. Take a listen. I have sewn my entire life, but never thought I would make a quilt. My daughter-in-law with Carly was here, and she wanted to make a chevron quilt, and I said, that would make a neat flag. I finished the top for the quilt. So I pulled it out to show it to her, and I said, well, while I've got it out, I'm going to put it on a few of the Facebook groups that I belong to. I joined several of them to pick up techniques for quilting. Within minutes of posting it, likes, comments, it just went crazy. I started getting people asking uh, where did I get the pattern, uh, how did I make it, would I share the pattern. It was just so overwhelming that I decided I had to do something with it. So what I did was I created the Facebook group and I told them they could have the pattern for free, but with a challenge. The challenge was that they had to make a quilt for a veteran and donate it to a veteran of their choice. My husband and I both are veterans and so, you know, it means a lot to us. Do you have some men and women that are veterans that don't have anybody? That's why the volunteers are so important to help cover everybody. People are posting not only this quilt, but other quilts that they have made. Welcome all quilts. Show all your patriotic quilts. Share your stories. There's a lot of pride there you know, to be able to honor family members, and we can do something to show other people that we care. A lot of time and a lot of effort goes into making a quilt. You didn't run down to the department store and buy it. You know, it's, it's handmade. It's made with love. Made with love. How cool is that? Yes. That's incredible. That's and then in- to just make something from the heart, not, you know, it's easy to run to the store and right. get something quick and patch I, it and say, Here I have you a go. couple of quilts that my aunt and mother made, and they're, they're heirlooms. Mm-hmm. So important. It's so cool to have a homemade quilt. I love it. Well, and I, and also sometimes God called, like you think you have certain gifts or don't have certain gifts, like the lady who makes the capes who couldn't sew, this lady too. 
you know, she didn't know how to do quilts. Right. And so how funny that sometimes God calls you to do something where you think, well, I can't do that. I don't, that's not my gift. Don't you know my gifts? Come on, you gave me my gifts. That's not my gift. Why are you asking me to do something that's not my gift? Or you think your gift's not important. I mean, that's, it's, you know, a a task that you've got to do, but it's just, it's nothing, you know, you're not on a stage, you're not with lights. I mean, you're just making a, a quilt by yourself and that touched and reached so many people. And so if you think that what God's called you to do is small, he can use those small little things to do something great. He can use everything like Moses, yeah. Moses, um, you know, God said, go and, and help my people get out of Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Or he could have said, Moses, go and make some quilts. And, Mo- and Moses would say the same answer. Right. Wait, who, who am I? Yeah. Who am I, I can't quilts. do this. Right. I can't do a quilt. Well, I think about the lady. She's 100 now. She wanted to make 1,000 dresses before she was 100. Every single day she makes a dress. And not just a dress. It's a dress with, like, the little brick bracket or one whatever. one day? And little, yeah. She, she's 100 now. She did reach 1,000 dresses. Wow. And she sends them to Africa. And she loves the idea that every one of these little girls who doesn't, you know, girls who don't have beautiful clothing, mm-hmm. each one has a unique dress with, like, green and checks and then a, a little, you know, cherry sewn on it. And then oh, little, incredible. you know, uh, yeah, a little How brick bracket. is that? Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yes. Um, and there was a news story about her. That's how I found her. But um, I know... Uh, what I've learned, the good news is the power of one. The, one person can make such a difference using that gift to touch other people. Mm-hmm. And this is a story about a 22-year-old, so already grown, asking, uh, uh, asking to be adopted. And so uh, the dad uh, that she wants to adopt her, who's helped raise her, he's a little taken aback. 22-year-old Gabby Guardado has a surprise for her stepfather. He's celebrating his 53rd birthday, and while he's not her biological father, who left when she was eight, David Lynn married her mother, and he's now the only man in the world she calls dad. He's a bit of a joker. There's a pen. I got a pen! But it's not a pen, or a watch, or even a tie. For his birthday, his adult stepdaughter is giving him adoption papers, legally making him the father he's always been. Do you know what that is? I adopted you. I want you to. You don't have to. You can say no, but I want you to adopt me. You've been my dad. I know legal papers don't change anything, but I appreciate it. She says she couldn't do this when she was younger. Her biological father said no, but love lives long and strong. And on Friday in Florida, Gabby Guardado becomes Gabby Lind. You have no idea what that means to me. He has no idea. He burst into tears. Oh, he her. He burst into tears That's when fantastic. she said, "Yeah." He burst into tears when she said, "Will you adopt me?" Oh, you could love. hear it, the emotion. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You have no idea what that means to me." Isn't that something? Um, I love that story. Oh, it's it, and it's such a a moment that I bet she didn't know. It meant a lot to her, but I bet she didn't know how much it would mean to him. Yeah. My, uh, I have three stepdaughters and Noah, and uh, my middle stepdaughter had our first grandchild. So we went out there, and um, she was about to be due. And so we were talking, and she said to me, Robbie, you will never be a step-grandma. Oh. You will just be grandma. Love and it. I burst out crying. Oh, yeah. Did you? I'm going to. Oh. It was such, a, it was such oh, an so honor. Beautiful. You never told me that. That's I so never, neat. I, we never raised them, you know, just on weekends, but we never really raised them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, we've never, they've always called me step-mama. 
but they don't step-mama. they don't call me mom and I love the name stepmama but to have a granddaughter just say grandma not step grandma it was such a gift oh. so that guy I mean what a gift she gave him she did give him a beautiful gift. That's and did you beautiful. notice how she prefaced, you don't have to. Yes. I was thinking of our previous oh, comp. Right. Yeah, I was like, so you don't right. have to. I'm like, no, girl, he has to. He's yeah. been your dad. Donna, tell everyone about your event and how they can uh, go to Overwhelmed Women's Conference. It's a beautiful event. Overwhelmed is November 5th from 8 to 2.30 at the Sheridan Denver Tech Center. And you can just go to Facebook and look at Overwhelmed Conference and register there. Perfect. And your website? is DonnaHetzler.com. And Robbie, your website for your marriage ministry? HotInHisArms.com. Wonderful. It was fun, ladies. Thank you. you. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Is your marriage going badly? Has addiction or sin put a wedge between you and your spouse? We can help. Our book, Caught, tells the story of how God redeemed our marriage and gives 10 holy habits that will cause your marriage to be strong. Good marriages don't just happen. We can help. Go to caughtinhisarms.com for more information and to order your copy of Caught. That's caughtinhisarms.com. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. The greatest need for the fall season is for mentors and interns. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. But uh, we couldn't pass up this opportunity for this testimonial. 
Um, we are with our friends from the Denver Rescue Mission, and we have a very special friend, Richard Cheek. He's going to hear. He's here to tell us our story. Hey, Richard, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Uh, very well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, thanks for uh, being so brave to come share your story. Well, thank you. I'm humbled to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what's going on? Well, um, I guess I should just start with coming to the Denver Rescue Mission. Uh, several uh, years ago, I everything in my life started falling apart, and uh, uh, I became completely despondent uh, to the point where uh, I had no job, sat on the couch, and at some points was drinking as much as a quart of whiskey a day. Um, basically ruining my life. I mean, I'd go days without eating, um, you know, wouldn't shower, didn't care about anything, uh, really uh, lost individual. And uh, my daughter, you know, was freaking out over it and called a friend of mine. And uh, he's a good Christian guy, Gordon's his name. And he basically called me up on a Thursday night and said, you're going to the Denver Rescue Mission uh, tomorrow morning. Be ready at 9. Be showered. Uh, have uh, some toiletries packed and a week's worth of clothing. And I'm like, I'm not going to a rescue mission, Gordon, seriously. And he he said, you're going if i got to drag you uh, uh, down there in your underwear. Well, it's now, nice to have people in your life that care so much, right? Well, yeah, because honestly, I would be dead right now. Uh, this was about a year ago. And I went from 217 pounds to 147. You know, that's more than a third of my body weight. Uh, I looked like I walked out of Auschwitz or something. I mean, I, none of my clothes fit me. Uh, there's five steps that lead up into the rescue mission downtown. And uh, I had to have my uh, daughter and uh, Gordon help me up those steps. Uh, that's how bad a shape I was. And... Uh, you know, so I've been through the mission, and uh, it, there's there is no doubt it saved my life. So, so tell uh, us a little bit about though um, the first couple of days. I know a lot of people talk about the beginning of of this journey and not being able to really cope with it, not being able to really understand why they're going to be there. But then they go in, and then it's funny because I hear after all the afterward stories too. But I I, I really think people like to hear about that first day or the first week or how you were feeling as you went through the program, uh, you know, and, and that led up to this day that into your recovery. Well, to be honest, the first two days, um, I was, uh, heavily detoxing. I mean, I, uh, I basically slept, uh, the first two days. There was a, you know, you're, you're upstairs at the rescue mission and, uh, the uh there was one guy next to me in the bed uh uh named angelo and uh i called him angel afterwards but uh he would sneak food from the kitchen upstairs for me because i couldn't make it downstairs to even eat so he'd steal snacks for me and stuff like that and i basically laid in bed the first two days and then uh they came in on a uh, the next day and said you know Look, if you're going to join the program, we we can't have you just sleep. You've got to uh, contribute. And I said, well, I don't know how much I can do. I mean, I was so weak. And he said, well, can you can you bust tables? And I said, yeah, I think I can bust tables. So, uh, you know, even that was uh, 
you know, difficult mentally. I was so, you know, in a fog and confused, uh, you know, trying to believe I was there. I mean, I've had an electrical contracting business. I've been a plant manager. Um, you know, I'm not somebody who's, you know, been messed up his whole life. I'm 63 years old now. And, uh, you know, this happened to me when I was, uh, just before my 61st birthday. And so it's, or excuse me, my 62nd birthday and, you, you know, uh, no criminal record, no problems with the law, things like that. And then, you know, I wind up there. So it's, you know, you're sleeping upstairs with 200 other guys, most of them homeless, uh, every one of them with, you know, obviously some issue or another, or they, they wouldn't be at a rescue mission. So it was just like, you know, shock. What am I doing here? And uh, eventually I started getting stronger and being able to eat and, and do more work. And uh, my head started clearing up and, uh, you know, felt very good about, started feeling good about things again. And, uh, you know, now I'm, you know, looking forward to, you know, I won't be graduating for, you know, probably eight months, but I'm looking forward to uh, going back to work outside the mission. I work in the mission now, but, you know, I mean, it was just like, you know, uh, you know, God saved me. And, well, that's beautiful. It's it's yeah. beautiful to hear that uh, and that you're dedicated to your to your recovery and uh, and how much the Denver Rescue Mission can help. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how many stories I've heard about the Denver Rescue Mission just r literally saving lives. Oh, they they totally saved my life. And, uh, you know, um, I'm very thankful for it. I'm Why don't you talk about some of your uh, favorite parts? about the mission and kind of the day-to-day, -day, kind of the, the ins and outs of the day-to-day -day and the things that help you get through. You know, they say that uh, really big tasks like this, trying to get there seems so big at the beginning, but, you know, it's one step at a time, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Angie always says, if you're going to eat a whole elephant, <laughs> you do it one bite at a time. You know, you can't do it all at once. And so it's that same thing. But uh, Well, th that's exactly it, you know, and they're, uh, you know, Starting off busting tables was difficult, but, you know, eventually it got to the point where, you know, just doing something useful after a few years of just drinking myself to death, you know, deliberately. I mean, I was definitely, I, I didn't want my kids to, uh, you know, remember their father uh, as somebody who put a gun to his head. But, you know, drinking myself to death, that's how screwed up I was thinking would, oh, they'd understand that. Well, no, they didn't. Um, they were uh, afraid of coming home and finding me dead on the floor. And uh, But, you know, going back to your question, uh, as far as the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, you do what they call work therapy there, which is, you know, basically you're you're taking care of the mission and, and what they call the outside guests, which are, you know, pretty much the homeless, the street people. Uh, you know, you're either doing house cleaning, you know, keeping, uh, doing the laundry because they, they have to do the sheets, you know, all 200 beds every night. You've got uh, food to prepare, uh, you know, place to sleep up, clean the bathrooms. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff there that you do. So the, the people that joined the program like I did uh, – pretty much take care of the place and uh you know eventually as you move through the program uh when you when you're when you first join the program 
uh, you're called a, a PC, which is a program candidate. And basically, it varies from one to three months. You, you have to stay sober, uh, do clean UAs. And uh, once you've done that for a while, then you can you phase up. You, you go over to the crossing, uh, which is out on Smith Road in roughly Monaco. Uh, used to be an old hotel. Uh, you go over there, uh, and you're st- still a PC when you get there. Uh, once you've been there for, you know, it, like I said, it varies. Could be a couple of weeks, could be two months. Uh, you you phase up. You go into phase one, and there's basically three phases to the program. And at phase one, they do a lot of testing on you for. Um, you know, your educational level, your reading ability, uh, you know, do you have any disabilities, things like that. You can get a GED. And in fact, I'm working with uh, one guy there trying to help him with uh, math on his GED. But they, they've got teachers there that, you know, will help you get a GED. You, uh, you go from working six days a week once you phase up to you're working three days a week. But you go to school uh, two days a week and their life education classes it's bible study uh you know you're required to go to church uh you know minimum once a week most of it's more than that um you know and as you phase up then you you get a little more freedom uh, i just uh, uh just got to spend a, a night with my uh over at my son and daughters um considering uh, that a year ago, they didn't want to be around me because they were scared to find me dead, to uh, be able to be with them and sober and laughing and joking. Uh, Take your time. Take your time. It's okay. Uh, I, Sorry. I just, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, everyone listening, everyone here understands how difficult it is to uh, to share this part of themselves and to open up like this to so many people. And I just wanted to reassure you that people are listening and you're helping people understand their own problems right now. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. Um, it is difficult because I can't believe what happened to me to get me here and then to be able to uh, turn back around and uh, be hopeful of the future to, uh, you know, to have God in my life to, you know, totally abstaining from alcohol to, you know, just just having that chance uh, to have my my kids back um, is probably the greatest blessing I've ever had in my life. So, That's beautiful. And before that, I've, I've had a pretty good life, too. I mean, you know, I rafted the Grand Canyon. I've scuba-dived everywhere from the Bahamas to Hawaii. Uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I just had a, you know, a drunken existence. Uh, it was a good life. And then to lose it all uh, and to get it back, uh, you know, through the grace of God is something I will be um, ever uh, eternally thankful. And I hope anybody who's uh, listening, you know, there is hope if you have somebody, uh, a loved one, a neighbor, uh, that 
needs um, you know needs help, um, that don't be afraid to call the Denver Rescue Mission. Uh, it's you know they do they truly do save lives down there. Well, I I, I really appreciate your story, like I said, but I, I also. What I really like about your story in particular, Richard, is that it just proves that this kind of thing, this kind of problem can literally happen to anybody. It oh, doesn't it matter where you've been in life. It doesn't matter what you've been. You start at the bottom, make it to the top. Start at the top, make it to the bottom. It can happen to anybody. And this, it just goes to show how difficult and at what a terrible disease this is, how terrible it can ruin lives, how terrible it is that it can change families and it could take take so many things from so many people not just the people who are going through it oh that's totally true i mean uh there's some people in in the program that i mean have serious talents uh you know some of these guys are uh, computer whizzes uh you know some of them gone through they've had their own businesses uh you know i mean it's not like Everybody that winds up in a rescue mission is just somebody, you know, that's never had anything. I mean, there is a lot of that. There's some stories in there that, you know, everybody kind of tells their what they call their testimony. And, I mean, I grew up with two of the uh, greatest, most loving people on the planet. And then I hear uh, some stories about some of these other people. It's It's mind-boggling what some parents do to their children i mean you know beatings and uh you know some of these kids wind up leaving homes and they're 13 14 15 years old you know they're out in the streets they're you know doing drugs and drinking i mean they've got no education they've never had any love in their life uh, i guess we can all be thankful that there are places like the denver rescue mission helping people to get to overcome these these issues uh one thing i like in particular about the denver rescue mission that i'm learning is that not only does it play to everyone's strengths but it also holds you accountable i think that's one of the most important things that you can do for somebody in recovery is hold them accountable and that's that's what you said is you go through the you phase up and you go through the steps and every time you they hold you accountable for the things for the you know for the things that you're supposed to be learning and for the steps you're supposed to be taking and i think that's amazing i i i can't it's hard to describe how important i think that is oh i it, it it's totally true because you, you know oh, if you don't admit you've got a problem you cannot solve it um and all the classes that they've got there uh that you know it's there's there's one guy down there that uh, he's got you know, he's just funny to deal with, you know, his class, everybody, they kind of loves, but he's, he's a real prankster in there and stuff, but you learn a lot in his class. And it's like, you, you know, if you think you got this, if you think you can do all this on, on your own, then why are you here? You know, I mean, you've got to face the fact that you're not doing it on your own. You know, there's a lot of people out there lucky that they can handle their life. Things have went well, or, for whatever reason they had the wherewithal where they could they could hold it together but you know it, if it happened to me it can happen to, to almost anybody i mean this certainly wasn't on my bucket list to wind up in a a rescue mission but thank god it was there because if it wasn't there's no doubt in my mind i would be dead i mean well it sure does know. help that uh to see other people going through 
the same problems as you. It doesn't matter where they're from. It, I'm sure it helps that other people are struggling and other people can share their stories and other people can help you get through your own. Yeah. I, 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 th- I just want to reiterate that that's exactly what you're doing right now on the, Angie, on the good news of Angie Austin's show. So. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate uh, uh, the opportunity. It's not easy, uh, you know, to admit publicly uh, what happened to you, but it does happen to a lot of people. I mean, uh, you know, alcohol is so seductive. You know, so many people drink and, and they can handle it. And, you know, I mean, it's it's pushed on you. It's on it's on radio. It's on TV. You can't go to a gas station without a, you know, there's beer everywhere. It's the first thing you do in your restaurant. They sit down and say, yeah, what can I get you to drink? You know, and they're not talking about sweet tea. So it's, you know, it's constantly promoted at you. And then things go sideways in your life. And it's so easy, you know, to drink to numb. That's what I was doing. I, I wasn't drinking to solve a problem. I was drinking to not feel anything and it works but it's so easy to go from you know thinking you got control to the next thing you know it just spins out of control and you know you don't know what's happening and your friends around you and your family's like you know what the heck is going on here you know what what, why is he doing this and you don't always know i mean things can things can turn up in your life that you don't see coming and thank god there's a place like the rescue mission to go to well, we're, we're just about out of time here. Richard Cheek, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, I'm, I, I hope that it helps. I, you know, I hope it helps people, and I hope the Denver Rescue Mission continues to help people. Please, can you guys tell us about how, if we know somebody that needs to go, how we can get there? It would be denverrescuemission.org. Uh, you'll find all the information to get in contact with us, and we'd love to help you. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. The greatest need for the fall season is for mentors and interns. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. You've heard me say time and time again, the YMCA of the Rockies is my absolute favorite place in the world to take my family. And we have Lisa Newjar here with the YMCA of the Rockies. And Lisa, you have some fall specials? We do. We have a bunch of events coming up. We have a couple of fall fest weekends at both centers where you can come up and just take part in special fall themed events. Excellent. Your website? YMCA Rockies.org. YMCA Rockies.org. Check it out. You won't regret it. 
Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors through you. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303-238-JANE, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. We've heard time and time again that smiling is contagious. It really is. We're going to talk about the benefits of smiling. The author, Arlene Pelican, of the book 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife, is back with the benefits of smiling. Hi, Arlene. Hello. Yeah, it's pretty cool because you think of the smile. It's something free. It doesn't cost you anything to give, but it actually has a lot of not only relational benefits, but physical benefits. So, for instance, when you smile, you have all these neuropeptides. They're tiny molecules, and they tell your body, hey, this person's happy, or hey, this person is sad, angry, etc. So when you tell your body, hey, this person's happy, even you might not even feel happy, but you physically smile, it tells your body, hey, you're happy. And then these neurotransmitters like dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, all those things are released in your body simply when you smile. And these things relax you, they help you lower your stress, they lower your heart rate and your blood pressure and all these wonderful things. They act as a natural pain reliever. And really when you buy an antidepressant over the counter, it's something that elevates your serotonin. And so you're paying to do that, but you can do that simply by smiling and it's free and it's a natural painkiller and it's a natural antidepressant. So when you smile, you're not only trying to bless your child or your spouse or your coworker or the person who just walked in your business, but you're also helping your body, which is kind of cool. And Arlene, I have to tell you, I la- I thought it was so stupid, the laugh yoga. So I watched it a few times. If you look it up on like YouTube and, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's doing it, right? And it's so yeah. ridiculous. I started laughing so hard because it's so silly that it like totally <laughs> right. made me happy and I felt better. And I'm like, okay, this is so dumb, but it might actually right. work. So what if you don't like yes. smiling? We actually, now please don't judge me. Okay, don't judge. My yeah. husband and I actually, oh gosh, you're going to think I'm so mean. There's one <laughs> woman that's in our circle of friends who does not smile. So he nicknamed yeah. her Smiley. So my, hus- my son overheard it. And then he said one day, oh, I think Smiley's going to be there. And I was like, oh, oh no. No, 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 we don't want Smiley. Yeah, no, no, no. Her secret nickname. <laughs> he knows the secret nickname. And I'm like, no, it's family thing. It's family thing only in the family. Daddy and I shouldn't have said that. He's like, well, she never smiles, mom. But then I've, when I talk to her, she doesn't seem unhappy. She just looks super right. unhappy. So what if you don't yes. feel like smiling? Is it fake to just pretend or will this somehow work and make us feel better? You know what? It is not fake. It's And it's not the kind of thing where if you are naturally disposed to be, you know, kind of more serious. I've known people and they've said, look at my face. My mouth naturally turns down. Downward. Like I'm not even doing anything and it right. naturally turns downward. That might and be I think Smiley's issue. I, it it might be. Yeah. And, and so it's not that all of a sudden you have to be smiling 24-7, but it's just that you would think on purpose, like I suggest two times a day to th- just start thinking I'm going to smile here. You smile at the first person you see in the morning. And I know that might be like half sleepy, but you kind of smile and you're like, hey, and you kind of like warm it up, get it going. <laughs> and then at night, as you say goodbye, 
you know, the last person you say goodnight to, whether it's someone in your family or a friend, and then you you smile at them, you know, have a great night. And and if it's someone in your own home, you know, goodnight, honey, and you smile. And those points of just making it a habit of I will greet the day with a smile, I will end the day with a smile, that's like a really sweet way to tell your body everything's okay. And I think that if you even do it by rote, like you don't feel like it, but you just do it like, oh, it's so fake. I'm just going to do it. Just go ahead and do it. Because even if you, you know, people at the at the nice department stores, at the mm-hmm. restaurants, they don't feel like smiling at you. Right. But they are smiling because they know that's proper. And we don't interpret that as fake because normally what happens is you fake it. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I really do feel warm towards you. And so you can start that and the feelings will follow. All right. So let's talk about the two times of moments of the day where you think you should smile. I like smiling before sleep. So that you mentioned and that's yeah. a good one. And then the other was in the morning, in the, morning. the first okay. person that you greet. Yes. And greet then, you know, and with a smile. Okay. And I, I think yeah, you I missed that. Yeah. And it could be someone if you're uh, married, if you have children, it could be someone in your house that you smile at. It could be the person in the mirror that you smile at and you say, good morning. I know that sounds feels really cheesy. You can just do that really briefly, but that you get your face in the habit of smiling. And it's really weird because even if you don't feel like it, once you do it, you will feel better. Just like you felt better after you started laughing at that video that you thought wouldn't even make you laugh. That's so cute. Well, and I have to say that being around people that smile, I Mm -hmm. love it. I seek those people out, the people that make me laugh, that are positive, that are encouraging, that wear a smile like their uniform. I just want to be around them. I think, and I try to be that person. I try, and I know you do too. I figure if I can add value to someone's day by making them smile and giving them a giggle, then that really, to me, is like, all right, that's the best compliment in my day. When people tell me, oh, you make me laugh or smile, or I love listening to you in the morning or watching you in the morning or whatever it may be, makes me feel great. All right, Arlene, your website? ArlenePelican.com. You make me smile. You make me smile as well, Angie. Thanks so much. You more. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Arlene. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.